0: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Hands Collin Davis, wide open. Davis still going, and he's in for the touchdown. Hill hit immediately he got the handoff. You know the <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
2: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And it is an off day as we get ready for the game between the Jets and the Green Bay Packers Well, not night, I guess it's late afternoon, right into the early part of the evening 4.30 start time here on the East Coast And so we'll answer some of your training camp questions With our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com Mr. Andy Vasquez Andy how you enjoying it in Green Bay? You liking your day off? You having some fun?
3: Yeah, it's another beautiful day in Green Bay. I mean, I I cannot complain about the weather. It's been sunny and and beautiful. Um, and I'm just gonna try to sleep as much as I can. To be honest with you, it's been a it's been a long, busy training camp, and and you got to take the rest when you can get it. So, uh, I'm not complaining. Just looking forward to having a little bit of downtime, and making the most out of it.
2: I hear you on that, believe me. I am exhausted. I can't wait for the regular season, but I'm going to enjoy that week that we have between the end of the preseason and the regular season to recharge my batteries But before that happens, let's answer some questions as we get ready for game number two of the preseason between the Jets and the Packers. The first question is a collection of questions that were sent in by a variety of different people who wanted to know about what the Jets could do at edge rusher to replace Carl Lawson. And so a bunch of names were sent forward and three different people had three different names that I thought were intriguing. So I'm going to throw them out there. One of them was Olivier Vernon One of them was Clay Matthews One of them was Vic Beasley All three of these guys are free agents Beasley still relatively young Olivier Vernon a little bit older I believe Olivier Vernon is 30 or 31 And then Clay Matthews is 35 Didn't play last year Of course another guy that was asked about Was Chandler Jones He's 31 years old looking for a new contract Still one of the best pass rushers in the league But you'd have to trade assets for him. So, Andy, I was curious what you thought about this. Me, personally... I don't know that the Jets are going to do anything at edge. I think they may just go with what they've got. Now, if they can get Olivier Vernon on a super cheap one-year deal, maybe that would make some sense. I don't see them trading assets for Chandler Jones, and I also don't see them paying big money to a 31-year-old Chandler Jones, especially after they just paid Carl Lawson. Even though he's going to be out for the year, he's still going to take up a significant portion of the cap over the next year. And then you've got Vic Beasley. Again, maybe if they could bring him in on a very, very cheap one-year prove-it deal, possibly that could happen. Clay Matthews is 35, so I really don't see that being something that would happen. I don't know that it would be a good fit for either side at this point. I think the most likely thing, though, as I said, is they're just going to roll with what they've got and take the money and roll it over for next year's cap rather than spending it now when they realize that this is year one of a rebuilding process. Andy, what do you think about this? Do you anticipate any kind of move at edge or do you think that I'm right and it's most likely that they just stick with what they've got?
3: Yeah, I think they could make a move or they could stick with what they got. I think it's kind of 50-50. If they make a move, everything that we've seen from Joe Douglas has shown us that he's not going to spend a ton of money that he values rolling over that cap space. So yeah, I could see them making a move and bringing in Vernon or Beasley on a, on a cheap deal. If, if the price is right, um, I, I think that is actually a real possibility just because edge rusher is so important to Robert Sala's defensive scheme that they're going to want to have as many as they can ken who are potentially good uh but i could also see them not wanting to spend any money whatsoever and and use all of that to next year and trying to find a guy who maybe can be an insurance policy in case lawson isn't going to be what they thought he was going to be so um yeah i think out of the options that you listed Vernon is probably the guy who makes the most sense. I think he's 31, definitely has some upside and definitely could be a fit in, in this defense. Uh, but no, I do not see them making some sort of major blockbuster move. And and there's not going to be, uh, barring something shocking, there's not a guy out there who's going to be a viable replacement for Lawson. It just kind of is what it is. And you're going to have to really hope that, that the guys they have, like John Franklin Myers and Bryce Huff, can – can overperform and, and be helped by having a guy like Quinn Williams back in there. Uh, and, and that Quinn can have a breakthrough year that kind of makes it easier for those guys to have breakthrough years of their own.
2: Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He wants to know how the special teams has looked and also was curious how special teams is compared in terms of seeming importance to the coaching staff, as opposed to, what it was like under Adam Gase.
3: Well, I I will say that Brant Boyer is a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. He's not the vocal, yelling, angry guy we've seen in practice, but he also explained that saying that he's got a much younger group of guys, a a group of guys that don't have as much experience. Um, And so it's his job to be kind of more of a teacher this year than maybe in years past when he would get on veterans for not doing the things that he knew they were capable of, of of doing and that they were supposed to be doing. But I, I think, uh, Robert Sala has made it very clear that special teams is important to him. He said recently that, you know, Brant isn't a guy that they just, you know, don't focus on. He, he has a meaningful say in meetings. They seek out his opinion to try to figure out what's best for the team in terms of special teams. Because even though in Sala's words that, that the rules have kind of tried to take out some of the importance of special teams uh, in the game, it's still a huge part of the game. So I think you've seen, you've seen that commitment to special teams in terms of some of the moves the Jets made this off season, most notably bringing in Justin Hardy, uh, who is a special team superstar, basically, and even though he's been hurt, I believe he has a hip injury that's kept him out of training camp for the last two weeks and kept him out of the first preseason game, and will keep him out of the second preseason game. Um, he's a guy who was everything until he got hurt that the Jets were expecting. Uh, he's, you know, kind of like Brontez Miles was to the special teams, but even better because he's proven to be one of the best in the league. At, at his job. So the jets are definitely committed to special teams in terms of the guys on the roster. Um, I, I don't think it was a surprise that the jets got rid of Chris, the kicker last week. If you saw the way it was going in training camp and, and in the games, his leg just wasn't as good as the other guy they brought in, Matt Amendola. And, and that's going to be something to watch. Uh, can Matt Amendola hold on to this job moving forward? Can he, uh, make the kicks that he needs to make in the games. And that's what it's going to come down to. He's going to get opportunities starting on Saturday. He's going to get all the opportunities kicking on Saturday. He's already shown that he has a leg that can force touchbacks on kickoffs. He has a big leg. Uh, We've seen him make 55 yarders without problem in in practice. Let's see what he does in the game. If, If he makes his kicks in the games, he will be the Jets week one kicker. If he does not, I would not be surprised if they go outside and, and bring in somebody else that we haven't seen. And that's the week one kicker. So that that's the biggest question mark on special teams right now. Um, Braden man, we haven't got to see him tackle yet in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the free season, but I, he's obviously going to be there as the punter. He had a good rookie year um, and the jets want to see him build on that. And Thomas Hennessy, is a long-term long snapper so um the biggest question moving forward is what what's going to happen at kicker and that's going to be up to matt Amendola in these last two preseason games
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He wants to know if the Jets have tried lining George Fant up at tight end, almost like a sixth offensive lineman the way they used to at times in Seattle. And if not, do you think they might consider it if the pass protection continues to struggle?
3: Um, Well, I can't. I'm not allowed to say if they're lining guys up at different spots like that. But I, I, I can say that, like, uh, no. <laughs> I, like, I didn't just say no, probably. I would not expect that. Um, what I would expect, and I would advise people to be like kind of cautious about in terms of when we're evaluating how the offensive line, the protection looks during training camp, um, what you see in games is different than what you see in training camp because they're working on certain things. So it's less likely that you're going to see tight ends um on the field you know when you when you have two tight ends on the field you're not going to see that in training camp as much as you're going to see that in preseason games or in the regular season like when we get to the regular season the Jets are going to do what they have to do to protect Zach Wilson and that might mean having two tight ends on the field at the same time uh you know to give him better protection um And if Mackay Becton is struggling the way he is in training camp in the regular season, the Jets aren't just going to leave him out there to try to get better. They're going to make sure that the running backs and the tight ends are picking up whatever is being uh, missed in blocking. So I would just say that is a consideration. But I I would, you know, George Fant does have some experience at tight end, but I, I think the Jets are pretty committed to him being, an offensive lineman and to him uh, providing depth in that role if he's not the starting guy but but I will say that that competition is ongoing and probably a little tighter than we expected especially considering that Fant missed you know the first eight or nine training camp practices and, and Morgan Moses was out there so um, that that's something to watch moving forward and 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 we'll see how that pans out but you'll get a good indication of where that competition stands by uh, how you see the reps divvied up on, on Saturday night in Green Bay or Saturday late afternoon, whatever you want to call it.
2: Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He wants to know if you've seen anything from Jabari Zuniga or Hamilcar Rashid Jr. that would make you in any way optimistic that they can step up and fill at least a little bit of the void that's going to be left from the absence of Carl Lawson.
3: So in terms of Zaniga, he's out right now with a knee injury. Um, and he didn't flash in a meaningful way. I mean, I think he had a couple of nice plays early on. In he's been out for about a week or so with a knee injury. Uh, doesn't appear to be something that's going to be serious long-term. As, as far as I can tell, I think he was hurt in that preseason game against the Giants. Um He's out there running around and doing stuff in the rehab area. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to see him on the field again during the preseason. And that's obviously a concern with him because he was in, was limited by injuries last year. And then with Hamil car, um, another guy, he hasn't necessarily flashed. He, he's not, he's not standing out in that defensive line room, but um he's probably going to get more opportunity now. So I would say stand by and and let's see what he does both on Saturday night and next week in practice uh, because with Lawson out, there's going to be more of an opportunity for him. But the guys who have really flashed uh, on the defensive line are are the guys that you know about Bryce Huff and, and, and Franklin Myers. Uh, I, I would, I would say that they're going to be, the guys moving forward that are going to have the biggest Im- impact on the pass rush
2: next question comes in from Bill Fond he wants to know if from what you've seen at training camp the Jets would benefit from having an experienced veteran quarterback on the roster to help bring Zach Wilson along the way that Josh McCown tried to with Sam Darnold
3: I would say like Josh McCown didn't help Sam Darnold become a great quarterback <laughs> so I think a lot of that is kind of overrated um i I think the jets have a guy in josh johnson who provides veteran presence and and has seen every imaginable situation and been on several rosters across the nfl and knows how things work and and can provide that feedback and i wouldn't be surprised if that guy is around during the regular season i don't think he'll be on the roster with the practice squad rules, he can continue to be on the team, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens and, and he fills that role. And I think there is some sort of meaningful role there. But um, I don't I don't other than being an insurance policy in case Wilson got hurt, I think that would be the benefit of a veteran quarterback. I, I do think that the showing the ropes thing is, is Probably a little bit overrated because in the end, no one can get out there and run the plays for Wilson. He has to do it himself. Um, you know, Mike LaFleur, even though he's inexperienced as a coordinator, has been around a lot of quarterbacks, uh, and, and so has Robert Sala. And I think the Jets have guys in in the locker room and in on the coaching staff who know what it takes to be a good quarterback. So um, I think Wilson has you know, all those kind of people he can lean on that'll help him with that. Um, I do think it is a concern moving forward that if anything happens to Wilson, that the only quarterbacks on the roster are the guys that are currently on the roster because none of them have done anything to prove that they can win games or have the talent to win games. But in terms of having a quarterback that can kind of be a mentor or whatever, I, I don't know. I, I'm not certain. There's a huge amount of value to that. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but there's it's it's a hard thing to kind of quantify, right? It's hard to know.
2: Andy, next question comes in from Say My Namith. He wants to know what you've observed from the Zach Wilson, Mike LaFleur dynamic early on in training camp. Do they look to be vibing well?
3: Yeah, I think they they definitely have a nice rapport. I think that Wilson definitely respects. Uh, kind of his background in the Shanahan offense and, and is really excited about the offense that they're trying to build here. And I think Lafleur, you know, we saw his refreshing honesty this week when he talked about where the, the offensive line is at and where Makai Becton is at. And, and I also think this guy is, is open to fitting the offense, not open. I mean, I think he's trying to, to make the offense, something that is going to work for Zach Wilson, whereas the last guy we saw, Adam Gase, wanted to make Sam Donald fit his system. Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to be making the same mistake that time. Um, or I'm sorry, I don't think the Jets are going to be making the same mistake this time. I think they're going to do everything they can to make sure that this offense is something that works for Wilson. So I, I think in terms of an offensive fit, that's the most important thing. And, and that's off to a really good start. And then I think, yeah, th- there's a mutual respect there. And, you know, a, a sure sign of it is that when Wilson was out for those couple of practices, while his contract situation was getting resolved, he was in constant communication with LaFleur um, and making sure that he was up to speed and making sure that everything he was doing was, uh, you know, would make him ready to jump in and be as close to, to full speed as he could be. So he definitely believes in what the Jets vision is for his future. And, and that's the most important thing. So, yeah, I, I think they have a close relationship and then Robert Sala is also, you know, let that happen. He, he's said that he's a guy who believes, who's always believed, you know, in kind of having only one voice in a quarterback's ear He's obviously working very closely with Lafleur to make sure that they're delivering the right message to Wilson, uh, but he's not like micromanaging it. So Lafleur is is having the opportunity to kind of build Wilson into the the guy that he sees as the right fit for this offense, and trying to fit the offense to him. And I think um, you know it's we we got to see what the results are when the games count, but. Wilson seems to be making progress and seems to be getting better as training camp goes on. And that's a good, uh, first sign of, of where things are at in that relationship.
2: Next question comes in from Michael Parsons. He wants to know if there are any players that aren't getting talked about much that have impressed you.
3: Well, it's hard for me to know exactly what is being talked about because I'm, I'm not constantly monitoring the, the fan chatter out there, but I will say, um, Bryce Hall, I think has done a pretty good job. He had some nice moments in the practices against the Packers where, uh, he was able to stop Devonte Adams in the two minute drill. I think that's an encouraging sign. And Robert Sala has been very complimentary, very complimentary of him. So I think things are headed in the right direction in terms of, of that cornerback spot. Um, Bryce Huff, another guy who's obviously flashed, but he's been talked about plenty, so I think that probably doesn't qualify. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. CJ Mosley has kind of flown under the radar here a little bit, but I think he's looked really good in terms of it's still too early to know anything because we're not going to really know until he's out there hitting guys on a consistent basis, but everything we've seen from him, like I could see him being something close to the guy that he was. And that's, that's a good sign. That's, that's what you want to see. Um, La Michael P Ryan is another guy who stood out to me, not getting a ton of talk in that running backs room, but he brings something that nobody else brings uh, from the jets running backs. And that's so, a real physical style of running. He seems to be a little bit stronger than he was last year. He still has, uh, some sneaky speed too. So I think he could be a guy who maybe is an under the radar candidate to have a, a breakout year. Um, another thing that's, I'm, I'm sure the fans have noticed and hasn't been talked about a bunch, but the, uh, the tight ends are not really doing anything. Um, and I think that's a concern for the jets moving forward, just because that was a big part of the Shanahan offense in San Francisco. And it's not going to be a big part of this offense because the jets, you know, don't have anybody there who can kind of carry that. And I think that's gone a little bit under the radar. Like Chris Herndon hasn't really done much during training camp and, and Tyler Croft has not been very good. Ryan Griffin's hurt now. Wesco, I think, you know, he has a limited skill set, and I think he's going to be a guy who plays a role, but, not a huge role. So, um, probably not what you were asking in terms of, uh, a position that stood out, but I don't think that's been talked about enough is that the tight ends really haven't done anything. Um, I think Matt Amendola, not a guy the Jets fans are talking about, but I think he's got some real potential and, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does over the next couple of weeks. Um, And those are the guys that come to mind uh, for me. I mean, Josh Malone is a guy who had a nice practice here in Green Bay and and is going to be making a push to make the roster. DJ Montgomery has, at wide receivers, has flashed a little bit at times, and I think he has a shot to make the roster. Um, But yeah, those are the guys that that have stood out um, that I can think of right now. Who have looked good to me.
2: Last question comes in from El Gringo. He says, "Based on what you've watched at camp, has anybody looked like a true red zone threat to you?"
3: Well, I think Corey Davis has definitely filled that that role. Elijah Moore also looked really good in, in red zones and kind of was like has been a security blanket for Zach Wilson. I think those two guys are guys that have stood out. Another guy who I think has had a little bit better of a training camp than people are giving him credit for is Jamison Crowder. Um, he's shown some potential in the red zone, and I just think he, he's looked really good uh, as a slot weapon for the Jets. And I think, I mean, he's been the team's leading receiver for the last two years, so it's not a surprise. But I think he's going to have another really good year for the Jets. Um, yeah, those, those are some of the options. And I think the, the Jets running backs, I think all of them have done a pretty good job of catching the ball out of the backfield, which could be really useful for the Jets in the red zone. Um, especially Michael Carter. He seems to have a knack for getting open uh, out of the backfield. And that could be... I think that's something definitely to watch in the red zone because that is a dynamic that just helps you get those extra yards and and maybe it won't be something that gets them into the end zone a ton, but, but if it sets up touchdowns, it it gives the defense something else to worry about. So if, if the running backs are a threat down there, maybe they pay a little bit more attention to them and it it leaves somebody else open. Uh, But again, for the jets to be really efficient in the red zone, one of these tight ends are going to have to like do something. And, And so I think, Again, that's something to watch going forward. But the, the one answer to that question would be Corey Davis. I think he's the guy. He's a big frame. He's going to be a guy you can use in slants and fades. Uh, and that defenses are going to have to pay attention to. So he's the, the biggest guy that's emerged as a red zone threat so far. I know it's an obvious answer, but it, but it is the best answer.
2: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com Thanks so much for coming on And joining me for this mailbag Really appreciate it We'll talk again tomorrow for the post game report After the Jets and Packers play In Green Bay In the meantime follow Andy on Twitter At Andy underscore Vasquez And check out everything he's doing at NorthJersey.com And read everything Available at NorthJersey.com For just 99 cents for 6 months That's not 99 cents a month For 6 months That's 99 cents Total for six months. So that's about 15 cents a month. You get everything Andy's written, both behind the paywall, not behind the paywall, plus all the local sports, news stories, and everything else that's available at northjersey.com. Just 99 cents for six months. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. Go over there and sign up now if you haven't already. And check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. If you haven't done that already, make sure you subscribe to the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel with Luke Grant's constant brand new videos that he's putting up, including a instant reaction to the injury that occurred To Carl Lawson Devastating loss For the New York Jets He's also got A great video up there Right now Making fun of The Giants writer Who said that Aziz Ojalari Got the better Of Makai Becton In the preseason game Last weekend Obviously if you Watch that game That's not how it went down So look at Luke's videos And subscribe to our channel Plus give us a Five star review For the podcast On iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out The show if you like What we're doing Doesn't take you much time Doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead And do that for us We'd be quite grateful And for the latest And greatest In New York Jets Podcasts and content You know where to go That's PlayLikeAJet Digital And PlayLikeAJet.com
1: With the Lucky Land slots, You can get lucky Just about anywhere
0: 18 plus.